I went on a date with this guy from Texas. All right, real quick. This is Morgan. She's 23. She's from South Jersey. She just moved to New York City last summer. And, you know, she's trying to meet somebody nice. Okay, so we went to the restaurant that was the blackest restaurant I've ever been to because each plate was not like macaroni and cheese, black eyed peas. It was like, oh, you want the Barack Obama? You want the Malcolm X or something like that. So he is black, about six feet tall, facial hair, which I really like. He worked in investment banking. Mm-hmm. He also was a huge Toni Morrison fan, the kind of fan who could quote lines from Paradise and Beloved easily. And it really impressed me because I was used to meeting guys who worked in corporate but didn't like to read mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. So it was very um, impressive. What do you call those dudes, Gene? What do you call them? Smart dudes who don't read? Oh, yeah. IT dudes. That's what, that's what Kate calls them. <laughs> you know, dudes who have well-paying jobs in skill professions, but they're kind of corny and they don't read books. Yeah, so, you know what I mean? So I thought it was very impressive that he was able to juggle two parts of his life. One that was very literary and artistic and other was very logical, you know, and data emphasized, something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of moved very quickly emotionally where we, we liked each other immediately. And he was like, okay, I want to introduce you to my friend circle. So the date actually turned into something where I was meeting all of his close friends. So we went out to this restaurant in Harlem. The That's Blackest a big restaurant. move, right? I mean, that's yeah, it's a huge move. And I wasn't used to it. I wasn't used to that at all. But I was like, okay, this must be a compliment. You know, he's also Southern, also Christian. So I'm used to that whole, like, those courtship rituals, so to speak. I'm the, I know them uh, secondhand, not firsthand. <laughs> <laughs> so... We went to the restaurant and I ordered fried chicken and I was like, okay, I'm really hungry. This is what I want. And I was eating it. I've never been a good fried chicken either, but I mean, wait, 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 wait. What does it mean to be a good fried chicken eater? I want to tell you. Okay. So what I mean is that when I was eating it, I was satiated. I was done. I, I just was finished with it. And he looked at me and his friend, who's also from like Louisiana, they looked at me and were like, are you done with that? I looked at my chicken. I was like, yeah, I'm done. And he was like, there's still meat on the bone, the guy that I'm dating. And so he took one of the wings and he just like put it in, in his mouth. And then within like a couple seconds when he drew it back out, all of it was gone. I felt like he sucked the marrow out the bone to it. Oh I was shocked. Now, I was okay. like, whoa, what just happened? I, I didn't feel offended. I was just like gobsmacked. <laughs> so were you like... You kind of know what that mouth game like though, right? Right, right? <laughs> were, you, were you grossed out? No. I, don't, I felt like a flurry of emotions. One was impressed. One was shocked. And then a little bit offended, but I wasn't like angry. I was just like, he really did that. So that situation ended not too long after that, but not for the chicken reasons, although that's funny. It ended for the reasons that a lot of these situations end. Someone caught feelings for the wrong person. Some of us have been the person who caught the feelings. Some of us have been the wrong person. A whole lot of us have been both. And that's the whole theme of this second annual Valentine's Day edition of the Post Bougie Podcast. I'm GD, as always, here with my co-host, Akoto Aforiata. We got a bunch of stories of people trying to find love in this workaday world and uh, not really finding it. So that's what it is. I hope you enjoy it. Let's go. So, Okoto, I have 
a funny dating story. I love story time. Let's go. It's not my not my dating story, but it is a it's the greatest dating story. Are we sure you're, this is not your dating it's story? A- absolutely not my dating story. But in okay. the story, is there? I need some proof that it is not you in the story. It, it will become plainly clear. <laughs> this story is not okay. my story. Okay, let's go. My girlfriend has this good friend who we'll call Liz, and Liz is you know trying to get out there, trying to you know see cast a wide net, you know see what kind of fish she can pull in. Um, mm-hmm. and so she jumped on Tinder. You know, just it's a great place to catch fish. Which is something that people do not say about the site called Plenty of Fish, but whatever. Right. That's a whole whole other podcast. It's a whole other podcast, my brother. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, anyway, anyway. So Liz is casting this wide net, trying to date. um, Mm -hmm. And someone on Tinder swipes right, which means they like her. She goes to see who likes her. And it's... uh, Holy shit. (laughs) Yes. Um, we're probably going to end up having to beep out this person's name, but, uh, suffice to say, they're a very, very famous athlete. Uh, yeah. Um. I just want you to know that you've already delivered on your promise that this is the best one. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. Cleared that bar. Okay. And she's in town in D.C., and she's crashing with me and my girlfriend for a couple of days, and she's telling us the story, like, oh, by the way, I was on Tinder, and, like, my profile and mm-hmm. uh, my girlfriend, who is a fan of the team he used to play for, and myself, who is a fan of another team he used to play for, were like, so you going to go on a date with him, right? And she was like, no. She's like, I don't know. And we're like, yo, you got to fuck. So there are famous people just like out there living their lives on on regular ass dating apps. Like this is not, Tinder is not, it's like not exclusive. This is like the app for everybody. So apparently there is like a Tinder for rich people. Like I've read that Amy Schumer found her boyfriend on Tinder for like famous people, which I don't understand how that works because her boyfriend is like a carpenter or some shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Why is he on there? You know what I'm saying? But whatever. Maybe he's like a celebrity carpenter. I don't know. You know what I mean? Maybe he's on some HGTV. I have no idea. To me, it seems a little reckless if you are somebody as famous as... Right to be to be swiping right on your own ship. Yeah. So me and my girlfriend are like, you know, Liz doesn't watch sports, right? Maybe right. she, de- maybe she has this all twisted. Maybe she doesn't know who she's talking about. Right. And she's like, no, no, I, it's, it's, it's him. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, we call. Hey, hold on. When she real, did you talk to her about like the moment she realized she was engaging with this athlete, like what she was feeling? She seemed ambivalent, right? I mean, she okay. really wants to be in a serious relationship and all that stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So she, I think she was sort of like, oh, I don't know. But we're like, yo, you, you got fucked. <laughs> I mean, these, these are the facts on the ground. Uh, my girlfriend calls up her brother, who is also a fan. She, my girlfriend has her brother on speakerphone. He's like, yo, are you kidding me? And she was like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. uh, And we're all like, yo, that's crazy. And Liz is like, I don't really know. And her brother's like, Yo, so you know you gotta fuck him though, right? And she's like, oh, "What kind of girl do you think I am?" Like, I don't yeah. exactly right. You some shit you just gotta do for the story. You know what I'm saying? Like, forget the rest of it. My girlfriend was right. going on I mean, and on about. If she doesn't want to, she shouldn't. Have she shouldn't have to. to but I feel like this is bigger than you at this point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> this is about you know the rest of us. You know, and we, you know we're story. They're like, yo, I want to hear this story. My girlfriend is going on and on about his. Have you seen this cat's body? Like, uh, me and uh my girlfriend's brother are like, yo, we like running down his his stats. Like, yo, you gotta fuck him because he's fourth all time, and you know what I'm saying? Whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, no. 
So we sort of like did that conversation going to other stuff. Some months pass. It's the day before Thanksgiving. We're all out at dinner. And as dinner's wrapping up, me, uh, my girlfriend, her brother, and Liz, Liz is like, oh, by the way, I ended up going out on that date with... And we're all like... And so we all stop what we're doing, like... Way to bury the fucking lead. Yeah, like, why were we sitting here for an hour and a half eating sushi when you (laughs) clearly had... You were sitting on this shit for 90 minutes? Like, what are you doing? Right. And so again, I'm like, are you sure it was him? And she pulls out the app. And sure enough, there's one picture of him, like, sort of standing on a beach looking contemplatively out into the ocean. (laughs) And the next picture is a picture of him with, like, a sky blue shirt on, with his arms wide, like, in a stage, like pose is like and then under it is like yes it's really me <laughs> 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 yo is that not the most <laughs> we're like so what happened right what happened on this date so they end up going to this burger joint right um and he shows up gym shorts sunglasses which he does not take off the whole date um <laughs> and the whole i know right like he was he was and she said he never looked up on his cell phone and so because they're sitting sort of out, outside-ish People who are walking by are like, oh, shit, it's... It's right. And so, like, he has to do the whole, like, oh, hey, how's it going? What's going... You know, he... and so a couple times on their date, as he's being uncommunicative and not taking off his sunglasses and looking down, she has to, like, stop what she's doing to, like, snap a picture with him and some random fan, right? Right. The date goes on. It's clearly not going very well to her, you know, for her, whatever. They wrap up. The check comes. He's like, so how are we splitting this? I'm sorry, excuse me? How are we splitting this bill? But he has all the money. He I mean, the that's, money. I mean, yes. I mean, yeah, that was, that was what I said. Like, maybe he has some other shit going on we don't know about. But, like, yeah. I mean, we talking about burgers. We talking about burgers. Like, we talking about burgers. And we're also like, fam, you didn't even look at me. Like, right. Right. I'm shocked. And so they split the bill. They pay their food. He walks her to her car. They. How much was the bill? I have no idea. But, I mean, how much could it, how much could it possibly be? That is poor information, Gene. I mean... How much could it? But honestly, if it was less than ten thousand dollars, he should have been like, "Yeah." I mean, <laughs> he's rich as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, this what? Is all I'm saying. I, I'm not. And listen, listeners, I am a full, you know, proponent of egalitarianism and dating. I figure if you're the person who ask, does the asking out, you should be the person who fits the bill. That's just how I feel. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think there should be any sort of gender skew there. The person who does the asking should be the person who pays the way. Or at least you have a conversation about going Dutch sort of advanced. Like, you know, if you're going out to... If it's going to be a, th- a several-stage date, let's say maybe someone pays for one part. You know what I'm saying? I got this. You got the next thing. Whatever. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I mean, whatever. Whatever. You can figure that out on your own, but I generally think the asker is the payer. Right. Anyway, he walks into her car, and they go their separate ways. She thinks, all right, cool. That was weird. And she goes about her business. It's not too long later, some time later, some days later, um, he hits her up like, "Yo, what are you up to? Let's get up." This was—it was a horrible date. Yeah, but you there last time. I mean, you said this before. Like, dudes don't are often yeah, bad at true. figuring out like that they were terrible on dates, right? Right. Which is one of the things I always say to myself: I've never been on a bad date before. But I actually wonder if like I'm that dude. I'm I'm the you, bad date for somebody. You know what I mean? You might not even know. I know that's the thing. That's the thing. Rams in Canada now, where it's like, oh my gosh, what if we were the mansplaining assholes dude on a date and we didn't even realize that was happening? Mm. <sighs> It's terrifying in retrospect. Anyway, he hits her up. He's like, yo. And he's like, well, I'm just chilling in my hotel. She's like, oh, maybe we can get a drink at the at your hotel bar or whatever. Um, and he's like, no, I was thinking you could come up to my room. Wait, like, not even a drink? He's sort of a fitness nut, so I don't even know if he drinks. But he's like, no, right. 
I was thinking you'd just come upstairs in my room. And she was like, I don't know how comfortable I feel with that. And he was like, he texted her back, take my name out your phone. <laughs> okay, I have so many feelings about this, and I feel so bad. I feel so bad to the list- for the listeners who, do- who who will never know who we're speaking about. But, like, there are so many parts of this that are absolutely aligned with this person's personality. Pop. Like, what? Like, taking your iPhone is, like, the- is like the most dickish thing it's the most dickish thing it's also like you're a famous person in a, like trying to corral as much women as you possibly can in the very public way you kind of right. can't be an asshole you know what i'm saying right. if and this if liz was a different person she would blow up his spot you know what right. i'm saying but he wouldn't care yeah he wouldn't care he wouldn't care, <laughs> he wouldn't oh, wow. care. <laughs> that was satisfying you delivered bro i'm glad you appreciated that um i'm sure there are post bougie podcast listeners who have seen this dude on tinder one day i'll tell my young jock story are, are you serious <laughs> it's not a real it's not a story he just basically propositioned me to suck his dick like as soon as he met me in front of my brother and my cousin it was very strange i'm like we, i went to the funny story so my dad's <laughs> my dad's one of my dad's good friends like his mentee is one of his vp at bt Mm-hmm. And so my dad's BET friend was like, oh, come, you know, come through. We, you know, I'll give you tickets to the BET Awards. My parents didn't watch much cable. They just watched a lot of news, a lot of cable news, but not a, not a lot of other networks. And because <laughs> my dad's best friend worked for like BET Jazz or something, they just assumed it was going to be a different show. They thought it was like the NAACP Awards. <laughs> no 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 no. right i'm like and this is 2006 right this is before they bet had to act like you know right this is 2006 so like i'm like oh dad we gone one of the bt words i was like 23 like beyonce's performing you know i'm I'm going obviously sure so we get to la and my brother and my cousin and i are at the airport and there's tons of celebrities just around at lax and young jock is like standing outside my this is like right this is like on the wings of um it's going down like i think it's i think it's going down his his most important single his first and most important single is like starting its descent so my brother <laughs> and my cousin spot him and they ask for like you know they walk up to him like hey yo, i really feel your music blah blah, blah. you know and i really actually didn't like him he just liked the idea of you know, meeting a rapper. <laughs> Which is exactly what I was doing the entire weekend. I'm like, oh, who that? Oh, hey, I love your music. Who did you do that to? Young Jack, um, Bobby Valentino. So um, I go outside, I'm like, hey, Young Jack, I love your music. And he's like, oh, thank you, miss. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. He, it was weird because he's Southern, but he also had a little bit of, there's something very, like, a little New York about his delivery i don't know and it was mm-hmm. like so where are you from blah blah and he asked who my brother and um my cousin were and he was like oh so who you with i'm like oh that's just my family you know this was before i don't know if i i don't remember having a sophisticated enough camera phone or like some sort of recording apparatus i don't really remember um and so i just like asked for his autograph or something and he's just like yo i'm saying you got some real beautiful lips i want you to come to our party like later today and i was like you're having a party during the day and he's like, yeah, at my hotel, you know, you should come. You know, I really love your lips, though. I'm like, <laughs> he basically kept inviting me to his hotel room before and after compliments about my mouth. Like, this is just, it, like, at some point, it dawned on me. I was like, this is very, like, clear. What's happening? It's like, yo, ma, I love, I love your bottom lip. Yo, the party starts at 7, by the way. 
your lips is juicy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> He's like, yeah, uh, I'm on room 1402, but yo, you got some soup coolers. <laughs> that's ex- gee, that's exactly what it was. It was like lips invite, lips invite, lips details, lips invite. Um, so clearly I went. It's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so after I get there, right? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I didn't go, y'all. Yeah, that's the end. And now, people reading tweets about bad dates. Said in the same 24-hour period, one, I've always wanted to be able to say, baby got back, unironically. Two, I forgot, I can't run my fingers through your hair because it's too nappy. I go to his house for a first date. He comes out in a robe and asks, which hole do I want it in? Went on a lunch date with a guy who said, when I mentioned a family friend who's gay, I feel sorry for his father. He proceeded to tell me that if he had a gay son, he would disown him. Dude called me a few days later. I told him we weren't compatible. He then tells me all about his grand plans for making and selling pet clothes, including HBCU dog hoodies and crocheted sweaters. I was half tempted to go out with him again just to hear more about dog hoodies, but the homophobia was a non-starter. Ran into her husband who was having dinner with her mother. She had not told me that she was married. One time I went out on a date with a girl who, in her spare time, had a Twitter account, and the whole purpose of it was tweeting hate at Joe Biden. Him. I don't believe women should go to work after they have kids, but they can't just sit around at home and do nothing. He comes all the way to Evanston to pick me up, and we drive into downtown Chicago. And that's not a quick drive, it's about 25 minutes. We park, we walk to a Wendy's. Not a standalone Wendy's, but a in-and-office, go-get-your-lunch-really-quick Wendy's. I am not above Wendy's. I like Wendy's, but do not drive me from my hometown all the way to downtown Chicago for Wendy's. I didn't even get a Frosty. And that was people reading tweets about bad dates. So last year for Valentine's Day, my girlfriend and I had a party in which we invited people to come over and tell some of their craziest dating stories. This story is from my boy, my former roommate in Brooklyn, Dr. Gong Gang. And the woman you hear him interacting with as he tells the story is his then fiance, now wife, Rhonda. This is Decker's story about one of the first dates he went on after he graduated from college. So first off, this is my fiance, Rhonda. The story's not about Rhonda. Uh, I love you. I love you. Um, your story and your story got me thinking about a date that I had when I was, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. It's all one word, Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and uh, I grew up, my mother was a teacher, and like the bank was like the big towers, Bank of America's headquartered in Charlotte. And so I never thought that I would work at Bank of America. And so after college, I found myself working at Bank of America. And so we were $40,000 millionaires. Like, so <laughs> we were like balling. Like, I would just go get like the freshest Joseph A. Banks suit. And, <laughs> and like, we would walk around with our little name, you know, little lanyard things. <laughs> I couldn't tell a shit. Like, we were just walking around like, yeah, girl, it's 11 o'clock at night, but I still got this thing on. <laughs> um, um, so, like, I was at the bank and I was just like, you had that false confidence. So, we had these locked for five things, like these Thursday after work. You stand outside and drink beer, and there's a band playing. It's the same thing as a bar, but it's different because it's outside. And so, and so I went, and one of my mentors was like an old 
like the old black men, one of the old black men at the bank. Like in Bank of America, like all the black people knew each other because there wasn't a lot of us. And so like one of my mentors, Eric, was a lawyer there. And he was like, yo, I want to introduce you to this girl, Angela. She's good people. Y'all should kick it. And so, <laughs> why are you laughing? She knows where Have I told you the story? Continue. All right. So, I thought it was just like some mentor stuff. It's like another person that I'm like going to kick it with a network and be black excellent with. <laughs> and so, we meet. And so, I'm, and so, and I'm in my And so, I'm in my suit. I'm in my Joseph A. Banks. And I'm sitting there. <laughs> And she's like, yo, let's, she's, I was like, yo, let's get coffee. <laughs> and then she's like, well, let's get a drink after work. And I was like, cool. And so I bring my little notepad. <laughs> and then I get there and I realize this is not networking. This is, like, this is a date, this is a, this is a date-ish thing. <laughs> and so we get it and she's like, yo, we should, we should grab dinner sometime. Like, you're cool, you cool dude. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is how it works. And so, like, of all that, all that black excellenceness. I had never, I don't know, like, dating in college and dating in high school is, like, very, I was different because you're with people of your same, like, either socioeconomic, like, it's, you do the same thing. So, like, the movie and the dining hall thing, it wasn't weird to us because that's what we did. Yeah. And then, so when I got in this area, like, though we were, like, faking it, when it came time to do the real thing, I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so then when we go to the, the date, like, so she comes to downtown, because I lived downtown at the time, downtown Charlotte. $465 a month for an apartment. Oh, Damn. A block away. I still remember. I had a, it was one bedroom, so the bedroom was here and the living room was here. So and it wasn't even like. sectional couch, baby, I know. <laughs> I still talk about it. I dream about that thing. Um, and, so, and so she comes over, she comes over to my area and so she parks near my apartment. And so we're going to walk to this restaurant downtown. So I'm like, cool, I'm good. I got the restaurant reservations. I got my gear right. I Google stuff to make sure I was looking right. And so, but I had these shoes that were fly, but like they were on the, 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 the I guess the cusp of struggleness. Like so, and so like for me, Aldo was like the dope spot. Like, Yo, I'm gonna get some dope shoes at Aldo. So I got some Aldo shoes, and it's about six months in, which y'all know is, is like the life cycle of some Aldo shoes. If you rock them every day. So, like, going to the date that we're walking, if I was driving, I'd be fine. But we were walking, and I just noticed, like, yo, this right foot is feeling kind of, feeling kind of loose. And so, and so I start, like, dragging the right one. And so she's like, yeah, I'm like, no, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm trying to be smooth. And she's, uh, the other thing is, like, she's older. So she's, like, five, six years older, and she was, like, together. And I was like, yo, I got to make sure that I'm looking together-ish. And so I was good until end of the day, we're walking back. She was like, yo, like, do you have any, like, we should, we should, it's early, like, we should grab a drink. And I was like, do you have any beer, wine? And I was like, oh, yeah, I got wine. And I was like, shit, I should have said no, so we could have gone to a bar. I was like, yes, I had wine. So walking back to my place, the whole bottom sole of my shoe to right here comes off. Like, not stretching, but, like, is off. So it's like talking. It's like talking. And so, like, me and that Aldo shoe are trying to make it across 7th Street. And then she notices it, and then she, for, like, half of a block, she's like, I'm going to ignore it. I can see her. And then it got to the point where she knew, like, it's going to come off in a second. And I was like, yeah, my shoe, I think, just broke. And at that point, a shoe doesn't break. Like, it was, it was struggling to begin with, so 
she was giving me a head. She's giving me a break by saying your shoe broke. Like no, it was it was just struggling from the beginning. So like I reached down and I just, we were so good and I just took the sole off and I had like a slip. It's like a Tom shoe or something. Like walking back. So anyway, we get to my place and then I realized I have beer and a crap load of Charles Shaw. <laughs> so I hear it with this classy lady. And I have, like, Bud Select, Bud, Bud Light. Like, whatever the cheap beer is. Bud Select. Bud Select. What's $2? Select. Um, and then I had Select. And then I had Charles Shaw. And so I tried to pour the wine before. And then she's like, oh, what do you have? And I was like, yeah. It's Charles Shaw. So anyway, so that was it. And then I also realized that I had a sectional, a television, and maybe a lamp. <laughs> and then I have my work laptop and she's like oh did you just move I was like no I've been here for like <laughs> and so like we're still cool but like I that was I didn't I didn't hear from her for like two years it was like that was, then I like googled everything about how to make sure that my stuff was tight and ready <laughs> again that was Decker Gonge all right, our final story is from north of the border, and it's a story about a woman who goes to a fortune teller who tells her about the man of her dreams. And she actually meets this cat, sort of. I am B. Kwame. Um, my name is Bridget, but no one other than my mom calls me Bridget. So it's her 24th birthday. She's out with her girls. They're turning up. They went out to eat. They got some drinks, and they're walking down the street. So as we're walking, we see the sign for a tarot card reader's shop. And it's not something I've ever done before, but my girlfriends were like, listen, it's your birthday. We're going to do it. You got to get this year started off right. So we go up into, you know, this dark hallway, this creaky staircase with like this thick plush carpet. You know, there's the chimes, there's beads hanging from the ceiling. It's the whole, it's the whole vibe. One of the very first things that B notices about this tarot card reader is just how on point all of her insights are. You know, I think back and wonder if it was about my body language or my posture or anything, if I was giving off anything. But she knew that my stomach was hurting, which it was after dinner. And she mentioned some comments about my family, that I was the oldest of three siblings, which I am. So there were a few things that she touched on that were pretty accurate. So I thought, okay, you know what, I'm going to go with this and see what else she has to say. So I had recently at that point gone through a pretty tumultuous breakup and was ready to start getting my foot back into the dating game. So what she said to me about this was, I'm going to meet a tall man. He's going to be very tall, very good looking. She said that when she imagined him, she saw him with a shirt with an emblem or a logo on the chest. She said he'll have brown skin and he's going to have light eyes and his eyes will be the first thing to catch me. So she says he's going to be the love of my life. We're going to travel. There's going to be an exotic wedding location. He's going to take care of me. So I need to look out for him. And she finished off by saying, you have an ex who's trying to get back into your life. Do not let him. The ex who I had broken up with was sending, you know, those hey stranger text messages and, you know, the birthday came around and he was checking in to see what my plans were. So, yeah, so he was kind of there and I was debating, you know, should I kind of give him another chance? So the next weekend we uh, we went to a soca fet, me and some of my friends. And so we're at the soca fet. The music's pumping. You're dancing. Everybody's having a good time. So the thing with like soca fets and things like that. 
there's no kind of like stopping to say, excuse me, miss, can I have this dance? Like a guy will come up and start dancing with you. You can kind of do like a slick little look, see if he's cute, if you want to entertain it. You know, you do your thing. So, um, so I felt this guy come up behind me. I was about to start turning around, but I saw one of my girlfriends kind of give me that eyebrow raise, like, okay, girl, he fine. Like, I was started to turn, and I caught her eye, and I was like, okay, let me just go with this, because he was a pretty good dancer, which I hadn't had much luck with earlier in the night. So I was like, all right, I'm at least going to get a good dance out of this. So when the song was done, I turned around to see who it was. And the first thing I noticed was that when I turned, my eyes were, like, in his upper chest. So I'm six feet tall. And it's not often that I turn to face a guy and he's not in my face. Look in his chest. I'm seeing he's wearing a turquoise polo shirt. So I look up. I see the brown skin. I see a nice smile. And I see like these piercing green eyes. So I'm like, listen, this is my man. This is the man the tarot card reader told me about. And like, she was right. She was right. And we're going to get married and it's all good. I was like, all right, you know, we started talking, you know, kind of leaning in close. He has some nice cologne on. I have my minty gum I'm chewing on. Everything is good. We're vibing. His friends are there. His friends meet up with my friends. We all be friends. It's all good. Yeah, so it was it was an excellent night. We danced more. It was awesome. At this point, B is Ant. Here's this cat who meets all the criteria the fortune teller said he was going to meet. He's really tall. He has really light eyes. He's really good looking. But almost immediately, this cat starts showing his ass. He's really condescending and he's really arrogant. And, you know, he keeps saying, I want to take you to this dessert spot at such and such intersection. And she's like, nah, I'm pretty sure that place doesn't exist because that's my neighborhood. I walk by that intersection all the time and I've never seen that place. And he's like, nah, 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 trust me, trust me. So, of course, the day of the date rolls around and they go to this spot that he swears is there. And like she said, it's not there. The mansplaining thing threw me off. And then he was mad late picking me up, which was another strike that I wasn't too impressed with. So we were running low on time. I had to get up early for work the next day. So I said, you know what? We don't need to do anything big and fancy. There's a McDonald's up the street. Let's go to McDonald's, get some sundaes, sit outside and talk. So we do that. We get our ice cream. We go take our seats at a little outdoor table that they had. We get into some good conversation. In light of kind of the earlier things that happened, I thought, you know, give him a chance. But there was just something in our conversation where I'm like, my spirit's just not taking to this guy. But... I was still like, I'm going to go with it because the tarot card reader said and everything is in line. So, you know, we're going to go with it. So then out of nowhere, we start hearing like this ruckus in the parking lot and parking lots behind me. I turn to see what's going on and I see some dudes like running out of McDonald's, the manager chasing after them, yelling something about somebody stole something, didn't pay for something. And the guys are like, yo, I'm going to go get my ting, yo. And that, you know, ting is like, they're going to go get their gun. I'm, you know, giving you kind of some of the T dot West Indian lingo. They're talking about getting their gun. Managers talking about calling the police. But I'm looking and I recognize these dudes from the neighborhood and I knew that they're harmless. I knew they're just kind of talking. So I wasn't too concerned about it. A couple of them started jumping in their cars to get away with whatever it was that they they had stole. So I just kind of ignored them and I turned back to my date. He like his face was paralyzed with fear. So I said to him, you know what? It's OK. I know those guys. They're just talking. Nothing's going to happen. He didn't believe me. 
he wasn't familiar with the area. Apparently, he told me he grew up in my area and moved out to like the suburbs later on. So he hadn't been back in my area in quite some time. So he wasn't familiar with the area. And he just seemed to be the type of guy who didn't really have a lot of contact with people in different socioeconomic groups, if I could put it that way. His face is like frozen in terror. So I'm telling him, it's okay. I know those guys, they're not serious, but he's not listening to me. He's like, you know what? Maybe we should just go before this escalates. And then I notice like his body's changing. And like I told you, this guy's a big guy. He's tall and he was like a sizable guy. He starts shrinking down like into the bench, like hunching down his shoulders and kind of trying to make himself really small, watching the action happen behind me. And then using me as like a human shield between him and the angry dudes in the parking lot. Like, are you trying to hide behind me? So I shifted in my seat and then he's like, wait, don't, no, don't move, don't move. And he's shifting to try to keep up with the way I'm shifting. And I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. So that's when I was like, you know what? Forget whatever this tarot card reader said. Like, I can't, I can't deal with this. So I was like, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe we should just go. So I start picking up my purse and stuff. And he's like, wait, wait, maybe we should wait until they're gone. Like, I think I'm parked beside one of them. So let's just... And I was like, you gotta be like, no, you gotta be kidding me. So I just couldn't believe what I was hearing at that point. So I jump up from the table. I start walking towards the car. So he jumps up, starts chasing after me. He unlocks the car doors. He slides into the driver's seat, like it's home plate. And you know, when he picked me up, there was a whole nice, you know, open up my car door. None of that. Now it was like, he was trying to save his life. Everybody for themselves at that point. He jumps in the car door, the driver's seat. I jump in the car and it was funny. Like while we were pulling out the parking lot, one of the guys who was cussing the managers like saw me and like waved and was like, hello, Empress. Like, and so he's looking at me like, oh, you actually do know them. I was like, you know what? Too late for any more conversation. Like, let's just go home. So he drops me home and he's like, man, that was crazy. Wasn't that crazy? And he's kind of like chuckling about it. Tries to sneak a kiss or whatever. I'm like, no, I don't really do that on the first date, which I totally would have if I wanted to. Um, You know, shot it down, thanked him for the evening, went upstairs to bed. So he ended up calling me a few times after that, wanted to set up another date. I just kind of played it off, you know, rebuffed those plans and just kind of let it go. So he got the hint. The call stopped life moved on and now we're getting into like the summer in toronto and every weekend there's a soca fet so ended up going to another soca fet with my girlfriends run into him there so you know making some friendly conversation with him but i'm looking at him and i'm like something's off with his face and we're talking and i'm looking and trying to figure out what it is and so i said to him i'm like your eyes i'm like your eyes are brown And he's like, oh, yeah, I usually wear colored contacts, but I'm going au naturel tonight. And I turn and I walked away. One of the questions we had for her was, how did she know that this cat had on fake colored contacts? Because when black people wear colored contacts... Often that shit is really obvious, right? Like, like someone will be like, Oh, these are my hazel eyes. It's like, bruh, you look like Lucifer. You know what I mean? But she says his seemed legit. So, and maybe he just had like 
really high quality color contacts. Like they were definitely piercing. They were definitely eye catching. But yeah, I I didn't feel like he was like an X-Man or anything with them. But I think I was just so caught up. Like there were so many red flags or moments when you could have been like, pause, assess the situation before you continue. But in my head was the tarot card reader said, and everything is falling into place. So let me just go off with my enchanted love. And finally, you know, she told me, avoid my ex right she's like don't let him back in your life just let him go move on with your tall light-eyed prince the ex came back and uh and yeah we got married we have a daughter who's a year and a half and everything is good everything is good so i think that things ended up the way they're supposed to Alright y'all, that's our episode for this week. Thanks to everybody who shared their stories with us. Morgan Jerkins, Decker Gong Gang, B Kwame. Shout out to everybody who shared their bad date tweets with me on Twitter. Especially the folks who for some reason agreed to record them for us. That's Danielle Evans, Twyla Ann, Christina Hernandez-Brown, Jordan Palavin, Victoria Walker, Carolyn Egger, and Lenore. My co-host is Akoto Aforiata. The producers of the Post Ouija podcast are John Kesham and Channing Kennedy. Special, 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 special thanks to my Valentine, Kinda Zamaria. Thank you, baby, for your patience and counsel with this episode and, you know, you know, in life. This is GD. We'll be back with a lot more episodes in 2016. Thank you for banging with us. Be easy.